reading is from Jude's epistle. Well, begin, um, sorry, there's only one chapter, beginning at, verse, beginning at verse 17. A call to persevere. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, <coughs> in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Christy, come on up, my friend. We're so blessed to have Christy here this morning, and um, uh, she's been ministering all this week, and uh, uh, ministered at Connect on Thursday, and uh, Thursday night with some leaders, and then Friday with some more leaders from around our New Wine Network, and yesterday at the Women's Day, and we've got her all day today. It's like some marvelous thing. So not that we're working you hard but you're allowed to drink the Diet Coke just to keep you going. <laughs> but would you join with me and pray for her as she brings something from the Lord for us this morning. Father, we want to thank you for Christy. We want to thank you for her life in you. And more than that, what, you, what she's able to share of her life in you, that we might be uh, even more connected with you, living our lives for you. Bless Christy this morning as she shares with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. How are we doing? So you're the group that sleeps in. <laughs> um, I do want to say this. I said this um, in the first service, but um, again, the Lord just is reminding me of this. But uh, Mark had said in the first service just about uh, uh, to the people about the importance of this church, um, not just. Uh, for receiving ourselves, but the call that's on you as a church and as a people to give to so many other places and so many other leaders and and um, and even uh, you know not just here but around the world and and the Lord was reminding me when Mark was talking about um, that you know I, I do the same thing I travel Mark travels Lizzie travel and and it's uh, every time that I go you know I feel like you know it's my church that sends me. And so all of these people that pray for me all the time and pray for the people that I ministry to, even if they don't get to meet the people, they're such a huge part of what I do. And I just felt like to encourage you this morning that many of you, in fact, the Lord has reminded me, I don't even know if I said this the other day at one of the meetings, and, um, but I just felt um, you know, that this is a church that knows how to sacrifice well and knows how to give of themselves. And I know many of you 
um, do this day in and day out, where you do many things for the Lord and, um, and give of yourself and you sacrifice. And every time that you send your leaders out, um, that it's not just um, that they're not there with you that week, but that you're a part of the people that they're blessing. And, um, and just know that every time that you're, you pray for them, you're really ministering to the people that they're ministering to, and that's what's on you as a church, and it's a wonderful opportunity. That's not on every church. And, and um, so I just wanted to encourage you in that. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Great church, wonderful place. Love Mark and Lindsay. I love what God's doing. I love what happened this week. I love hearing the testimonies. Um, there's so many things. You know what's amazing about the Lord? There's so many things that God, you know, when we get together that God does and that God moves on. But there's always so many other things that we don't realize what's happening. And sometimes we just, you know, hear of one thing, you know, uh, here, another thing happening over here. But the truth is that God is doing so many things. He's moving on so many different people. And it's just a wonderful thing. Uh, of what we have to gather and uh, experience him. So I am going to share this morning um, out of Jude, uh, and I want to I encourage you in the um, area of perseverance. For me personally, I've watched, um, you know, this is coming from a place I asked, I asked the Lord what he wanted me to encourage you, and I just felt like to encourage you in the whole thing of perseverance, of pushing through, pressing on. And for me personally, even uh, especially in these last couple years, I've seen so many of my my friends, so many people that I've known, you know, some my whole life, and, um, and really start off knowing the Lord, loving the Lord, having incredible encounters with God, and um, only to walk away and to give up and to quit. You know, life just, you know, hits them in certain ways, and they just quit. They just, they just give up on the Lord, and they give up following the Lord. And so for me personally, I really, um, this has been, you know, I, I think an intentional trying passion of mine um, to ask the Lord, you know, Lord, I want to make it long term. I want to finish well. I, I don't want to just start the race. I want to finish well. I want to, I, and I don't want to just finish, you know, barely making it over the finish line. You know, I really want to finish, you know, with a passion, with, with not only just, you know, loving the Lord, but loving the people around me. And, and the older that I get, remaining, you know, merciful uh, to the people that God sends uh, into my life. And I really, I think Jude gives a great picture. I think he gives a great insight and perseverance. In, the, in, this, um, in this book, it really is, it's towards the end of Jude's life when he's sharing this, you know, encouragement of perseverance. It's, he's an old man, and he's saying to the people, he's dealing with the people that are getting caught up in all of these different uh, teachings, all of this different division. There was a lot of strife that was going on. And so Jude's like giving this, you know, uh, this insight about perseverance, but also that the perseverance comes from the place of worship. And so I really want to focus on verse 20 here. Let me just read this again, because this is what I feel like to focus on. It says this, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you into eternal life. So this is a wonderful encouragement. In fact, he get, he's giving several encouragements, but really four major points uh, that I think Jude's doing here. One, he says, be aware of what you're listening to. Be aware of, um, you know, the things that you're surrounded by. The second thing, how to stay safe, how to live in the right place. How do we live in the place that God, uh, you know, calls us to? What to look for? What are the opportunities that God places across our path and the importance of that? And who and where do you find your comfort? I think that's a really, really important question to continually ask ourselves is where do we find our comfort 
What do we run to when things are hard? I think it's really important. And then Jude gives this whole introduction of the relationships that we have, the community that we have, everything that we're hearing. There's things that we're hearing that are, that are godly, that are feeding us in the right way, and there's other things that we're hearing that pull us away from Christ, that pull us away from the calling and the purpose that God has for our life. And I know that, 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 I know that when I'm hearing something, because there's more than one spirit out there, right? There's more than one spirit, and I know that when I'm hearing things or I'm getting pulled into a direction, how do I know that it's the Lord? And I'm pouring into my life the thing that God's asked me to pour into, is that, I, is that it will take me into a freedom. When I hear something I know is God, it breathes life on me and it takes me into freedom. How do I know when it's the enemy, that it's taking me off course, is that it leads me into bondage, the fruit of bondage. It takes me into a, a place where I'm, where I'm stepping away from God. So the encouragement here that Jude's giving is he's giving us points that, that we can build our life into that, that actually empower us and enable us to finish well, to persevere. And the truth is, none of us are, are above falling away. None of us are above blowing it, making mistakes, you know, making poor choices. In fact, it makes me nervous. Anytime somebody says to me, I will never do that, I kind of just go, Ugh. Because it makes me nervous, because I just think, oh my gosh, I just think that, you know, that we're all one or two stupid choices away from something really incredibly stupid, and um, which makes me feel better that we're all in that place, right? I mean, it's one thing if you're struggling, but it, it does help when other people are struggling as well. It just makes us feel a little bit more human. So he says, one of the ways that we know, he says in verse 19, that we know that they, they do not have the Spirit. When we have people that are feeding into our life, and Jude gives us some examples here of, of in relationship and what we're feeding into our life, that he says, those, there are those that know the right Spirit of God, and there are those that function and, and live out of another Spirit. And so he says, this is the way that we know what's God and what's not God, and really feeding ourselves the right things so that we can persevere for the whole race and that we can finish well. And so in this life, I think one of the things that, that Jude points out is the division. The division, in fact, the kingdom of God means, uh, you know, when the Bible says repent for the kingdom of heaven is, a, is at hand, it really means a divided mind. So we need to have the mind of Christ so we're thinking the way that God wants us to think under his kingdom. And we're, we're constantly, I, I believe, bombarded. Our society, our culture is telling us how to live, telling us what we should do, what we should give ourselves to. I mean, constantly we're having, you know, all kinds of things fed into us. And I found that much of the time, even the church, that we go with culture, that we tend to just go with the latest fad or we, or we follow the, the next great thing. But as believers, one of the things that keeps us on track is when we're in the Word and that we have the Scriptures inside of us. We don't serve a God of our own making. We serve a God of the Bible. And we keep the, the, the truth of the Bible on the forefront of who we are. So we keep to the main and the plain of the Scriptures. How do we persevere? How do we finish this race well? The Word of God keeps us on the right path. And that's what, what Jude's really dealing with here, is he's dealing with those that are getting off on other teachings, and it's taking them away from finishing well. And so he gives us four different things, four different verbs, actually, on what we can do to persevere and finish the race well. He says, to build, to pray, to keep, and to wait. So the first thing, build yourself up. And it really means to build your house. 
You have to know that you're building into your, the inner part of who you are, that Christ is the foundation of who we are, that Christ is the foundation of the church, but the choices that you make are falling under one or two kingdoms. It's either the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, or the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the enemy. Every choice that you make is building into one of those kingdoms. And so the encouragement here is that we're called to build on, we're called to build into our faith. Faith is confidence, confidence is faith, that, we, that all the choices that we make are building into our foundation. It all matters. Let me say this again. Every choice that we make, it matters, because we're building into something. Just personally for me, I like to look at my life one or two times a year, and I want to see if I've made any progression, because sometimes it feels like, man, have I changed at all? Is anything happening? And so I like to evaluate my life, and I like to see, have I grown at all? Just in the last six months, what has changed in my life? Because we're called as believers, not to stay the same, but to grow up. And lots of people grow old, but they never grow up. And as believers, we're called to mature, and we're called to walk in the things and the way that God's called us to walk in. So you're building into your faith. You're making choices in your life that are building into your inner man. It's one of the things that keeps us on course. The other thing that, uh, that Jude says here is that you're called to pray in the Spirit. So we're building into the foundation of our faith, and in the process of this, we're praying in the Spirit, that we're constantly talking to the Lord, that it's a relationship relationship that we have with Him, that constantly I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm building on my relationship with Him, I'm feeding myself on the words of God. You have to know God's voice. How does God speak to you? Because God will speak to you different than He speaks to me. How do you hear the voice of the Lord? How do you sense when God's leading you, when He's guiding you? How do you know the things to say yes to, the things to say no to? It's important. And Jude's encouragement here is that we learn to live a lifestyle where we're praying in the Spirit. It's constantly. That's why the Bible says that we're, we're to pray without ceasing. And what we really believe about God is revealed in how we pray. What we really believe about God, it comes to the surface on how we pray, especially when we go through different seasons. What I believe about God, do I have hope? that God really can change my circumstance? Do I really expect that he's gonna give me the faith when I need the faith? Do I really believe that God's gonna show up when he says that he's ever near and he's ever present? Do I really believe, Emmanuel, God is with me all the time? And it's the way that we pray that it really reveals, do I have that kind of hope? Do I have that kind of faith? Do I have that kind of peace? It's really important because I think sometimes we take an invitation, prayer is an invitation that God gives to us. And sometimes we take an invitation that God has meant for relationship and we make it into a religious act. We make it a have to instead of a get to. And it really is a strengthening tool. That's what prayer is. It strengthens your inner man. It builds into your inner man. You find your strength in the Lord. So you want to ask yourself, great question to ask yourself, what do you find strength in? Where do you find your strength? Is it in the Lord? Is it in your money? Is it in where you live? Where do you find your strength? What do you run to? Really important. And so this is a discipline, but it's also out of relationship. And the disciplines of our life only become dis disciplines when we're willing to be disciplined. That's the way it is. It's, it's, it's a choice that we're making. I choose to be discipled. I want to be disciplined in this, Lord, because I know that this is going to feed my life. This is going to feed the inner part of who I am, strengthening myself in the spirit, in, my, in the walk with the Lord, praying in the spirit at all times. This is what God's given to us. Why does he give us these things? So that we make it long term. So that we choose perseverance, praying in the spirit, 
Romans talks about this all throughout Romans, actually, that we're called to walk in the spirit, not walk in the flesh, walk in the spirit, not of the sinful nature. And in chapter uh, 8 of Romans, it gives a great picture of the, of the Holy Spirit, who is a person, who God has sent as a gift to us. He's a person. He says, this is the person. God could have sent anyone, anything. He said, this is the person who will be your guide. This will be your counselor. This will be your comforter. This is the one that will speak truth to you. This is the one that will convict you. This is the one that will take you places that you didn't even realize you would go. He's a great comforter when we need comforting. I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit in chapter 8 of Romans, it says, I think this is really good in knowing and just especially in persevering. It says this, verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express, and he searches our heart, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance to God's will. It's a wonderful picture of us living in the Spirit. What does God's Spirit inside of us do? It helps us with our weaknesses. It actually empowers us through our weaknesses. One of my favorite scriptures in Ezekiel says that God puts his Spirit inside of us to help us obey. So have you ever had one of those times where you don't want to do what God's asking you to do? We just don't want to do it. Of course you have. Don't lie. Of course you have. I've had those times all the time. I feel like that. I feel like God will lead me somewhere and he'll say, this is what I have for you. This is where I'm taking you. And I don't want to do it. I I just don't want to do it. There's something that rises up inside of me and I have to ask God to fill me with the spirit. Why? Because his spirit, I know, will empower me to say yes. And I know that that's the place of, of health. I know that's the place of safety. But sometimes it's a journey to get there. And so what the Spirit does is it empowers us. It helps us in our weaknesses and at the same time intercedes for us. Do you realize that God's Spirit is interceding for you right now? You know what he does? He's interceding for you those things that you don't even know you need. Have you ever gone before the Lord? You just don't even know what you need. Like, you just don't even know what you're feeling. You don't even know what's happening. You can't get a grasp for what's happening. That God's Spirit actually intercedes for us to walk us through those times. That's the power of what Jude is saying of us learning to pray in the Spirit. The power of the Spirit searches our heart. Why does it search our heart? Because it finds those things that we're weak in, those places that we need help. And in the midst of that, it lines us up. He lines us up with the Word of God and the will of God. That's what God's Spirit does for us, interceding for us, uh, you know, on our behalf. I mean, it's a wonderful thing, praying in the Spirit. It's not a duty. It's a gift. He's a gift for us. The Holy Spirit is actually a gift. It's called a gift. And so we need to know that these are some of the things that God's given to us, building the relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. The next thing that Jude talks about is he says, keep yourself in God's love, in God's mercy. It means it's very affectionate. It's very passionate what Jude's giving a picture of here. So this, again, is not a duty. In fact, the word keep there is one of Jude's favorite words because he says it four different times. And it means to protect literally means to protect God's love inside of you. Now really hear me on this because I think it's so important that when we're trying to push through life, or we're trying to persevere, I've seen so many people walk away from the Lord because they forget how worthy they are. They forget that they've been bought and they've been paid for. They forget what Christ has done on their behalf. But much of the time, they forget the mercy, love and mercy, it's interesting, love and mercy go together that we wait for mercy, the mercy of God that rescues us, that saves us. It's, it's, it empowers us uh, to keep persevering. 
So we never leave, the simplicity of this, we never leave the place of God's love. We never get outside of that. No matter what we do, we never leave the place, the simplicity of God loving us and knowing that we're loved. You know why? Because if you forget that you're loved, then you'll forget how worthy you are and you'll begin to settle for the lesser thing. Most people settle because they don't believe deep inside that they're worth more. And they're so afraid that that God will not give them the best that they settle for less than. They'll just take the next best thing that comes along, a relationship, you know, a job, all kinds of things, because they're so afraid that they're not valuable enough, that they're not worth the best of what God has. And so we have to learn to live in the place of love, that we're loved. The most powerful thing that I can do as a leader, as a minister, is to know that I'm loved, and I'm living from that place. I'm living from the place that I know that God loves me. And whatever God places me in, whatever God calls me to, that comes from the place of knowing that I'm loved. Because if we don't serve, if we don't live, if we don't give out of the place of knowing that we're loved, then we begin to work for love for all of the wrong reasons. We begin to serve so that people will love us. We begin to do certain things so that we will get affirmation from people. And affirmation is not bad, but to be led by it is deadly. Be all-consuming. And so much of the time, I think people give out of their life because they're just trying to have love. And that's a world model. That's a world idea that we have to work for love. And Jesus says, my greatest passion, this is his greatest passion. So I want this to get in your spirit this morning. God's greatest passion is to love you and to be loved by you. That's his greatest passion. For God so loved the world that he gave It's all from love. It's not about how great we are. It's not about how gifted we are. It's not about our perfection. It's about him loving us, about him choosing us. And we can never get outside of that. We can never get in the world's mindset where it says you have to do this in order to be accepted. You have to do this in order for God to love you. You can't mess up. And if you mess up, then God won't love you anymore. We are loved people because we have a passionate God that, is, that loves us and is for us. And we blow it all the time, yet he's still there. One of my favorite scriptures is in Psalm 9, and it says that when you cry out to the Lord, he will never ignore you. Just remember that. In your weaknesses, in, in, the, in the times that you blow it, because so many times people confuse love with what they do, and they use the world's idea of what love is, and working for it, and needing the affirma- affirmation from it. And any time that we live from that place, we begin to do things in, in, in the way that God's not called us to live. Why do so many people not persevere? Because they forget that they've been bought, that they've been paid for, because God's, God loves them. What do people do when they blow it? What do you do when you blow it? What do you want to do? You want to hide. Why do you want to hide? Because the shame of blowing it can sometimes feel overwhelming. What does Jude say here? He said, live in the place of love. Keep it. Protect it in your heart. Why? Because that's the place that you're going to wait for mercy. That's the place that God's going to remind you of the mercy that he's had on your life. I remember one day I was thinking about, you know that scripture that, where Jesus says, that his mercies are new every morning. You know that scripture? And I was just thinking, why is God's mercy new every day? And I thought, because he knows that every day we're going to blow it big time. Every day he knows that we're going to, you know, our weaknesses that will sin, that will make dumb choices, that will, you know, he knows it. And this is the promise. This is the promise. Our shame 
Our mistakes, our weaknesses are never bigger than his mercy. God's mercy is bigger than your mistakes. God's mercy is bigger than your doubts. And that's why Jude is saying here, in the place of love, in the place of being loved, that we wait for mercy. Why do we need mercy? Because we need his mercy every morning to wash over us again, to wash off all of the sin, to wash off all of the choices that we made and the distance that we feel from God because so many times we run away. Why do we run away? Because we, we feel the shame. And again, we need God's mercy on us to wash us clean. And so we wait for it. The encouragement there is not to run. Don't run when you blow it. Don't quit. Don't give up. But wait for the mercy. Let God's mercy wash over you. From that place of the mercy, receiving the mercy, that's where we give mercy. It's impossible to give something that you don't have. And so in the encouragement that Jude's saying here, that it's not just about it's not just about receiving, but it's also about giving. Do you realize that God has set, you know, his kingdom up, that we have to learn how to receive? You have to learn how to receive. You have to have God love on you. You have to have God minister to you. That's the way that he set it up. You have to learn how to, everything that God gives us in the kingdom is about learning how to receive. Salvation is a gift. Faith is a gift. Everything that God gives to us, you have to learn how to receive from the Father. Why do so many people walk away? Because they don't know how to receive. They just don't know how to stop and say, Lord, I need you to minister to me. I need to receive. We cannot give mercy unless we first receive mercy. We do a lot of outreach at home. My church that I pastor in Yerbalinda, California, we do a lot of outreach ministry, and I absolutely love it. I love being with the people that don't know the Lord. I love ministering to the poor. I just, it's just part of who I, I just absolutely love it. But I'll say this. There are so many times that if I, if I myself don't receive mercy, I will not naturally give mercy. Like I have to be with the Lord again so that I, I can get his perspective, so I can see what he loves, so I can love what he loves. It, just like it's impossible, you know, to serve God without God, it's impossible to love God without God, and it's impossible to give mercy if you haven't first received mercy. So this is a lifestyle. Jude is saying, how do you persevere? You live in the place of love and you wait for the mercy. God's mercy to wash over you again, that it's new every day. And in turn, that we have the power, the mercy that we get, the mercy that we wait for. In fact, the word wait there means that we're admitting we need mercy. How many know you have to admit that you need mercy? You have to admit that you're not perfect. You have to admit that you don't have it all together. I mean, the truth is people identify more with our weaknesses than our strengths. And for the most part, people need to know that they're not the only one that is struggling with what they're struggling with. And the shame of that, they need to know that there's something bigger than themselves and there's a hope outside of the things that they're addicted to, that they're struggling with. They need to know that there's a mercy that's bigger than, who, than, than what they're struggling with. So many people, for the most part, they know what's wrong with them. But what they need is mercy. And if we don't wait, if we don't admit ourselves that we need mercy, how can we give mercy? And Judas saying part of the, of the perseverance that God places inside of us comes from, the, from, from extending mercy to other people. In other words, the kingdom is about receiving and then it's about giving. If you just receive, you're going to dry up. If you just give, you're just going to dry up, dry up. It's one hand giving and it's one hand receiving. That's God's kingdom. That's the way that he works. It's impossible for us to love other people the way that God wants us to love unless we first are loved ourselves and that we receive mercy ourselves. I don't think that the world is waiting. Honestly, I don't think that the world is waiting for a massive sign and wonders, for the church to do signs and wonders. I don't. 
I think that the, church, that the world is waiting to see the church and look at the church and see if they love each other. The world will know us by our love. The world will know us by how we love each other, how we show mercy to each other. Mercy is so attractive. Mercy is so attractive. Judgment doesn't save anybody. Mercy saves. And mercy in New Testament triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And our call as the church, do you realize that Jude's encouragement here is that by showing mercy, by giving mercy to people, you have the power to snatch people out of hell. By just loving them, by just giving mercy, by just being merciful, you have the power, that's evangelism, when you give mercy like that, and it does something to us. Every time that I give, it changes me. Every time where I, where I, you know, mercy is only mercy when it hurts. Mercy is mercy when we can actually have another outcome, but we choose to be merciful instead. How do we choose to be merciful? I need to remember what God's done for me. I need to remember what I, mistakes I've done. I need to be, I need, I need to be reminded, I think as, as believers, if you're a believer, you need to remember where you came from. You need to remember where you came from. Why? Because then we tend to have more mercy on other people around us. That the church doesn't separate ourselves from the world, but that we're in the world, we're just not of it. And that we're freely giving mercy. It's one of the things that empowers us to persevere. When I'm struggling with whatever, it doesn't matter really what it is, but if I'm struggling, one of the best things that feeds me, that actually keeps me going, is when I go and I minister to somebody else. When I just go bless somebody else, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter, but it takes me outside of myself. It just does something to me. How do we make it long-term? We don't get to the place where we're just expecting everybody just to feed us, but we're feeding other people, and we're rescuing people, we're saving people from the pits of hell. And here, Jude, towards the end of his life, how do we persevere? How do we stay strong? How do we worship? How do we finish well? We give ourselves to the things that God's called us to give ourselves to, that we're building into our faith, that we're feeding into our foundation, that we have a lifestyle of prayer, that we learn what it means to walk in the Spirit, by the Spirit, in the Spirit, all those things that God's empowered us for, that it's by His Spirit, not by our Spirit, but His Spirit, identifying with our Spirit, that we belong to Him, that we're his child, that we learn to live in that place, and we learn to live in the place of receiving mercy. This is every day. This is an everyday deal that God has set up because he knows we need it. And then from that place that we learn how to give, that we're merciful people, that we learn how to love people even when we disagree with them, that we learn to love people that drive us crazy, the same people you know, making the same stupid decisions over and over and over again. I remember a few years ago, I was complaining to the Lord because I was meeting with somebody and they were doing the same thing over and over again and just having the same result, which is the definition of insanity. And it's one thing if you want to go crazy, but don't pull me into it as well. And I was really complaining to the Lord about it. And the Lord said to me really clear, he said, Christy, I have called you to love and to serve these people and their response is not up to you. And I thought, that's the kingdom. The kingdom is about learning how to give out of ourselves, even when it hurts, even when people don't know how to give back, even when they don't know how to give mercy back, even when they don't know how to love back. It's just part of our worship. Now listen to this promise that, that, that God gives to us. I love this verse where it says, to him who is able to keep you from falling. It's him that empowers you by his spirit that keeps us on the right track. 
and to present you before his glorious presence without fault. Just the freedom of that, that we're placed before God, has nothing to do with how our perfection. It has everything to do with who he is. It's about who he is and him inside of us, that by his power he can keep us on the right track, that he can keep us persevering. All majestic, all, you know, glorious God, you know, the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the great creator who still creates, loves you and wants you to make it and has the power to keep you from falling. So let me just finish by, with this by saying, look at your life. Look at your life this morning. What are you building into your life? How are you building into your life so that you're, you're, you're going to reap the things that only empower you? Who's, who are you hanging around? Who's the company that you're hanging around that's encouraging you to walk in the life that, God, that God's called you to walk in? Because it's important that we have people around us that are doing that. How's your prayer life? How, you, how do you talk to the Lord? Who do you pray to? Do you pray to just Jesus or do you pray to the Father and the Holy Spirit as well? Because it is a three-in-one and all of them have a certain purpose in our heart that God's wired us to, ex to experience the love of the Father to have a relationship with the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. Who do you pray to? How do you pray? All those things that God's given to us. And it, 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 it's to keep us in the promise that we will finish well. Why do so many people follow away? Because they forget that they're loved. They forget about the mercy. I do believe this. I do believe that we get off track. And the very point of that is that we forget about our worship. And I just love this picture of Jude in his old age, giving this wise advice not to get sidetracked and, you know, stuff that's not healthy or teachings that aren't healthy. Just keep to the scripture, keep to the prayer life, keep to the, you know, the simple things that actually empower us and keep us on the right path. Amen? Amen? Why don't you stand?